Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. And as you all know who've listened for a long time, but if you haven't listened for a long time, I just get so excited every single time I get to speak to someone who is living proof of how amazingly powerful whole plant foods can be when we give our bodies the perfect fuel to thrive. It's amazing the healing that can occur for so many people in so many different ways. Often people start this way of eating because they want to overcome some form of chronic disease that they've been diagnosed with, but find out that there are so many extra positives that come with it, such as improved digestion, decreased mental fog, you know, increased mental clarity, that they have better concentration, that they have much more energy, that they're no longer constipated or no longer have the eczema that they used to have or the psoriasis or the asthma. There's so many other things that happen as a pleasant and amazing side effect that changes their life even further and and very rapidly for most people most of the time. And I guess one of the other benefits that you'll hear time and time again is that most people find that that they're going from having, you know, zero energy and feeling like they're carrying around the world on their shoulders to having so such a surplus of energy that they become, you know, ultra marathon runners or start doing huge physical challenges or bike riding up volcanoes like Dr. Mark Craig from New Zealand. You know, there's <laughs> uh, Tim Kaufman, there's so many, you know, the last week's, last episode's guest, Jim Fisher, becoming a personal trainer, gym fitness person, changing careers altogether last week. I think this recently we've had so many people who made this transition and then completely overhauled their whole lives. And that might seem very, very confronting to many people listening, thinking about changing your career and changing all these things. But I don't know. I think it's really goes to show that often our careers and our relationships and where we live, there's so many different factors that impact on our health. And once you start improving one area, you just naturally think, well, I feel so good here. Maybe now I can finally change, go back to study. Maybe now I have the energy to, to move house or change direction or travel or do a new, pursue a new hobby or, or whatever. So I just, I, I love that aspect. It's, it's like an additional awesomeness that comes with, for most people, with adopting a low fat, whole food, plant based diet and, Obviously, the best, the best outcome of all is that, you know, now there are 70 episodes on this show and there will be a thousand because I'm committed <laughs> and of people who've overcome heart disease, several forms of cancer, type 2 diabetes. There's multiple episodes on diabetes, multiple episodes on heart disease, on cancer, on multiple sclerosis, on this ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis. There's multiple rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis. We've got you know, so many weight loss stories on there, sustainable long-term weight loss stories on there. It's just exciting. It's just a really exciting time in the nutritional healthcare movement. You know, in Australia here, we have the new not-for-profit organisation, Doctors for Nutrition, with the wonderful Lucy Stegley and Dr. Helene Rocks and a 
group of amazing doctors and nutritionists all working together to create more events, to do more sharing of information across the country and bringing that information to the public and to the medical professionals to help you know Australians in that there's a huge movement in the states but this is this is a really exciting time here in Australia as well to to be whole food plant based and to to know that this this is an well does that saying this is an idea that's time has come is that is that the saying <laughs> Here I am making a silly fool of myself. But yeah, it's just great to be part of a movement that time has come. You know, whole food, plant-based eating is absolutely going to change the face of healthcare in the future. And it, it is changing the face of healthcare now. Now, the Doctors for Nutrition organization with Lucy and Helene, they're having their first Australasian Nutrition in Healthcare conference and I, for one, am just, I'm so, so excited. I cannot wait to, uh, to attend this event in February. So it's going to be in February from the 15th to the 16th in Melbourne, Australia. You can get tickets if you check out Doctors for Nutrition on their Facebook page. And it's, it's got some crazy, well, amazing keynote speakers, including Dr. Neil Barnard from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in the USA, Dr. Scott Stoll um, from the Plant ba- from the Plantrition Project in the USA, Dr. Dr. Renee Thomas from Loma Linda University Medical Center. I've got Dr. Luke Wilson from the Broad Study in New Zealand and Dr. Malcolm Mackay from here in Australia and just so many more. So I'm really, really, really excited to attend and I can't wait to have some of these amazing speakers on the podcast in the coming weeks and months before the conference comes out. So that's going to be just the highlight of 2019 for me. (laughs) I'll be done after that. February 16th, I'll finish the year with a bang. (laughs) Anyway... There's so much great stuff coming out. So keep listening and being inspired and excited because this way of eating is going to just take over the world, I'm sure, eventually, because it just has no downside. There's no downside to feeling better, to having improved digestion, to having energy, to feeling, you know, losing, having sustainable weight loss, recovering and reversing chronic diseases and preventing chronic diseases, you know, from overcoming chronic pain and digestive complaints and eczema and asthma and all those things, there's just no downside. As many of the guests have said, it's just about taking that first step forward and you don't have to bite off the whole Everest. Just start with the first step, you know, adding more good, beautiful, delicious whole plant foods in, trying something new every week or in your shopping, trying a new fruit that you've never tried before or trying a new vegetable you haven't tried before legume, grain, whatever, just Googling a recipe, a whole food plant-based recipe and giving it a shot, one recipe a, a, a week until you find some that you like and have a huge collection of recipes that you think are just delicious and you never look back. But just take it easy and go slow with yourself. Um, and thank you everyone for supporting this podcast who listens each week and who comments and reviews and sends me messages You all know who you are and I love you so much um, for the 
for your help in getting these stories out there, for sharing these stories on social media, because people need to know these messages and these stories and they need to know that there's hope out there, that it's possible to feel amazing. And it just, you know, I'm just so grateful to everyone who helps me in my mission in getting these stories out to people and who is out there hosting potlucks, hosting meetups, sharing books, loaning people their book, their copies of How Not to Die or whatever you're doing, it's great. <laughs> so keep doing that. Or however big or small, you don't have to be starting an incredible not-for-profit like Lucy and Hel- Dr. Helene, but um, whatever size effort you can do in sharing the benefits of a whole food plant-based diet, just do that. However, however you can, just do whatever works for you. And that's amazing. So I wanted to read out two more incredible reviews. So one is from Tardis3, which I think is my friend Michael. Michael wrote in the Apple podcast review section, he wrote, so honest and inspiring. I love this podcast. Corinne comes across as a down-to-earth friend, as she chats to vegan success stories, those who have regained their health through diet. She also speaks to plant-based doctors who give tips and encouragement to live a better life. Thank you, Corinne, for this podcast. Thank you so much, Tardis3 or hopefully Michael. I um, love your name because my husband's a big Doctor Who fan. And as I say each, and you gave me five stars, so thank you. As I say each week, since I started reading out the reviews, I love getting your reviews and it really does help motivate me. I know I shouldn't need your validation (laughs) to keep going with this, but it it does help because you do feel, you know, like you're alone sometimes and that you're just doing something that no one's listening to and that it's having no impact. But every time one of you writes me a message or, you know, gives me some feedback or leaves a review or shares this with your family and friends on social media and I see it, you know, it makes me so happy because it just means that this work isn't for nothing because I it takes a lot of work to host this podcast and putting yourself out there. And every week, every single time I post these episodes, it actually isn't easy. Like, it's not easy to do this. I feel really, I get terrible anxiety every time I put one out that I've said something stupid, that I've done something wrong, that I've offended someone, because this is a time where everything, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a time that's, it's difficult to put yourself out there online because there is so much room for criticism, anger, upset, offence, and it's, you know, it's nerve-wracking. I feel really nervous uh, every single time. It's not like every week I'm fine and that it's okay. It's actually a huge it's a it's a big deal for me I I don't I don't I'm not a confident naturally confident person even though I might seem that way I'm not and (laughs) it gives me anxiety thinking oh my gosh who am I going to offend this episode how am I going to you know I know that I had a woman recently write to me and tell me that my nervous laughter is inappropriate and unprofessional something like that in an email and I've been nervous laughing for 39 years. If I waited to put this podcast out until I was confident enough not to do nervous laughs at inappropriate times, 
There wouldn't be a podcast. I'm sorry that I have a nervous laugh. I'm sorry if it bothers everyone who's listening like it bothered that person who wrote to me. The, you know, it, 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 this is a big deal. And so when you write to me, it's a, it, to tell me that you're enjoying the podcast, it's, it helps because I do have anxiety and I do try to overcome it. But this is a big deal, putting out these stories. And I'm putting myself out to the world doing this. And, you know, I would like to think that I'm doing better to improve my self-confidence. But I spent most of my life really not liking myself. And so even though I'm much improved to how I was when I was 20, I still have a long way to go. You know, I'm still not this Zen Buddha, you know, <laughs> sitting on a mountaintop all in solitude, totally at peace with myself and the world. I'm not. And so it, that, that did really hurt my feelings. And even though I know I can laugh it off and say, you know, I do have a really loud laugh and I do laugh when people tell me really awful things because I don't know how to respond and I'm awkward and I'm uncomfortable. I know that the guests on my show, well, I hope that this on my show know that when I make that awkward laugh, that it is with the very best of intentions. And I really see them and feel that they have suffered so tremendously. And I do not mean to diminish their suffering in any way at all. I'm so grateful to every guest that's come on their show and been vulnerable and shared with all of you listening. I just have a nervous laugh. I just laugh a lot because I am nervous a lot. This is a nerve wracking thing. I don't, it's not natural to talk to strangers about the worst days of their life via a computer <laughs> from, you know, opposite sides of the world. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a big thing. I'm, I'm just a mum of two kids and a social worker. Like, it's a big thing. So I am going to try and become better at being a podcaster and more professional and more confident and more eloquent and all of those things, but they're all pieces of me being a work in progress. And I'm sorry that I am one. I am one. I'm not perfect. If I waited to be perfect, this, this, this content wouldn't be out there. You wouldn't be hearing it. No one would be writing these reviews saying how much it's helping their life. Cause I just, I would be crippled with anxiety if I sat there thinking about how Michelle hates my laugh and Lance hates my laugh and thinks that I'm unprofessional and inappropriate. And I could lay in bed all day and cry about that and think about how no one wants to listen to me because I'm a bumbling, unprofessional, loud, overexcited, wet dog of a human. It just wouldn't, this podcast wouldn't exist because I, I, it's easy. It's easy to lay down and go, I'm overwhelmed by my anxiety and social fears. I'm not going to do this. So Again, that is why when I get reviews like Titus 3, 3's review saying that this podcast helped him and he finds it inspiring and honest, and when I get reviews like this one from Hedgie Says from November 2018 that said, so inspiring, a really well-made show, <laughs> which is amazing. Thank you, Ranjit, my husband, who helps me so much with the editing of this podcast. So inspiring in transitioning and sticking with a whole food plant-based eating. I am new to whole food plant-based and apart from all the amazing inspiration, I also like many of the guests that the many of the guests are authors and people with other resources. And I find hearing them on the podcast both introduces me to new resources and gives me a feel for which ones 
will suit me the most. Thank you. Thank you, Hedgy says, uh, really makes my day, like I said. Um, and I'm so glad that this podcast is helping people and that people can get past my nervous laughs and the inappropriate things I say and the rambling introductions I'm doing these days <laughs> to listen to the messages of my guests and to take away what they need from each episode. So thanks again for sharing, for writing those reviews over at Apple Podcasts and leaving them and leaving. I read all of them and I'm so, so grateful to each and every one of you for taking that moment to help this podcast reach up the social media rankings and the podcast rankings and get out there to more and more regular people who are out there living with chronic diseases and I'm hoping that this podcast can help change their lives for the better. So thank you all. And I hope that you enjoy listening to this week, this episode, episode 70 with Dr. Ben Benulis and hearing his story about how he was struck down with some debilitating fatigue, terrible digestion, chronic pain in 2010 and how he turned his life around. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you at the end to give you some links of how you can find Ben on social media and all that kind of stuff. Okay, bye. Well, hello, Ben, and welcome to the show. Hi, Corinne. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad to have you. So I've given you a little bit of an introduction in the introduction to this episode. But yeah, just please just launch into your story and tell us about yourself and your journey to a whole food plant-based eating and everything about that and how that went for you. Sure. So it was about, ooh, let's see, it was 2010. I was just some guy working in a, in a cubicle. Actually, I had a little bit better than that. I did have an office, but I worked uh, as an engineer uh, in the electronics industry and I was sort of living my life. I everything was going really well. I was in my late twenties. I was, you know, had been in good health my whole life. Had been, you know, lean and in shape, and and uh, never had health problems. And over the course of from the beginning of 2010 all the way up towards the end, I think my health got progressively worse and sort of deteriorated at a pace that I could notice things were happening. But by the time this time, like December of 2010, it was real bad. So I had uh, chronic fatigue, terrible brain fog, unexplained chronic pain in forms of like muscle soreness, and uh, just absolutely terrible digestive issues. And so it started sort of innocently enough, and I would feel some discomfort after meals, and I started to notice that uh, – I was getting more and more dependent on caffeine, and my productivity at work started to slide. It became harder to do a lot of the mental heavy lifting that I had been doing. And by the end of 2010, I mean I was at a point where I was knocking back two to three energy drinks a day just to maintain. I was sleeping all weekend. Pretty much every meal I ate was like World War III on the stomach. I had to lie down and you know sometimes like an hour after after bigger meals and i like couldn't really exercise maybe once or one or two days a week but i was always just so sore you couldn't really do it and uh 
sort of went through the whole, you know, mainstream medical rigmarole of, uh, you know, going to see various doctors, not really getting any answers, not getting a diagnosis, not really getting a solution, just kind of getting shuffled around from practitioner to practitioner. People not really listening. I'm just going, well, I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing their hands up. Let me pass you on to the next guy, you know, and hopefully he can figure it out. And uh, so not only did nobody know, but it really also felt like nobody cared. There was no one who was like, hey, we don't know what's wrong with you, but we're going to like figure it out and I'm going to help you. No one ever said that to me because it was just sort of like, uh, I'm just sending the next person. You're somebody else's problem. I can't figure this out, which that's just how the system works to some degree. And so it was getting bad. I mean, it was getting bad to the point where like I was having like a meeting every week with my boss and he was asking me why, like, you know, I used to be a top performer. Why have things just like crashed, you know, and I'm don't really have an answer because I haven't gotten an answer. You know, I'm just, I don't feel good, you know? And, uh, and so I was having, you know, digestive problems. And, uh, one of my friends, suggested, why don't you get a food allergy test? And I thought, that's absurd. Why would I get a food allergy test? I can't be allergic to anything. I could never had allergies to anything in my whole life. Like, why would I, you know, aren't, isn't that something you're born with? And I wasn't born with any food allergies. So I get the test and, uh, you know, I'm like, while I'm waiting for the results, I start to think, you know, maybe I do, maybe the food is like affecting me, you know? Um, and so I'm like calling the lab every day. Like, did you get the results? You know, like just, I'm never, the, I was never the person to like follow up with stuff. I really was just sort of like, yeah, they'll get back to me whenever, but I was like genuinely very curious. So I'm calling every day and like, it's not ready yet. And finally I stopped, give up on calling. And on like a Friday afternoon at like three o'clock, I get a phone call and it's the, it's the doctor from the lab. And, uh, He's like, I know you've been really wanting to get these results. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess you know I've been calling a lot. He's like, well, we, we uh, did a food allergy test and um, definitely came back with some, some uh, things that showed up for you. He's like, now on a scale of one to seven, which I don't know where they came up with those numbers, they said that you tested a seven for the following things. And they just read off like a litany of foods and you know, dairy and gluten and brewer's yeast and soy and um, casein and lactose and uh, just all this stuff, right? And uh, and I was I had been like ethically vegetarian, but I was really just eating like a steady diet of like you know pizza, veggie burgers, burritos, fast food, Chinese takeout, stuff like that. So I was just eating essentially vegetarian junk food. Which was, you know, those were all the things that were in it. It It's like soy, dairy, you know, uh, yeast, uh, um, all the, all the, uh, all the dairy products, and a lot of the processed, like, you know, soy, wheat, stuff like that. And so, um, I said, well, okay, you know, it was pretty shocking news and confusing because it was like that was everything I was eating, right? Yeah, yeah. You're cutting out the whole world to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what am I going to eat? Gluten-free air sandwiches, you know? Like I didn't have any frame of reference of like anything else I could eat. So I asked the guy, I said, you know, well, what medication are you going to give me? 
And he says, oh, well, there's no medication for this. You just have to cut these foods out of your diet. And I just was dumbfounded. I was like, I don't, what, what would you eat if you don't eat that? Because that's what I've been doing my whole life, you know? Or, you know, at least, you know, I've been vegetarian for like six years. And before that, I just ate, you know, bat, standard American diet still. Um, and so, uh, so I end up going on this journey of like, okay, well, you know, first I'm buying the like, you know, going to the, the health food store, it's a little higher priced guy in like the gluten free, soy free, dairy free, you know, Amy's macaroni and cheese. That's like, you know, $7 for like, you know, a 200 calorie thing. Right. And, uh, you know, tastes terrible. Sorry, and, Amy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, whatever. Uh, the food doesn't taste good and grocery bill just doubles overnight and uh and I'm really not feeling any better you know like I'm just like what am I even doing and but I was like I had this mentality of like I do not want to cook right like I want to like it's got to be easy you know this sort of like bachelor mentality of like I just like there's the microwave I put the food in I close the door I press the button and then I wait and then the food comes out and it's ready and like that's that's all I do so I had this sort of like lazy mentality that I was like got creative with it. And I was like, well, if I make a smoothie, that's the same thing, right? Like I just open it up and I put the stuff in and I hit the button and a little bit while later it's ready. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to start making smoothies because that'll be cheaper. It'll be easier. And it's fruits and vegetables. So it's actually probably yeah. Good thinking. Good thinking. Yeah, that that was like I hadn't consulted a book, I hadn't talked to, watched a video, I hadn't. That was just my thought process at the time. And uh, and so I'm making the and I'm just throwing whatever produce is in the in the fridge in the thing, right? And some of them are tasting great, some of them are like pretty awful, and some of them are like completely inedible, right? Where it's like I'm just gonna pour this one out. So. I get the idea, like, maybe I should look up recipes of how to make a smoothie. Like, <laughs> like you'd think it would just be you throw whatever in there and it tastes good. But no, I learned the hard way. That's not true. So that essentially looking up smoothie recipes on YouTube was just like sent me down a rabbit hole of like, you know, raw foods, vegan stuff. Um, so I found this guy, Dan McDonald. Yeah. What's his nickname? I never remember. Raw, the, the life, life regenerator. Gen yes, I found him a couple of years ago. He's intense. Yeah, and so this was like 2010, and at the time he was like living in the RV in the woods, and he would make all his stuff like outside the RV, and uh, you know, just really eccentric guy. And uh, in the beginning, I was just, and you know, he would talk about all this other stuff and spirituality and health. And it, I was just at the time, I was thinking, like, dude, just shut up and make the <laughs> smoothie already. Like, just, I don't want to hear all your ramblings, you know. But at the same time, it's like, I'm still listening to all of it. I'm still watching every video. And pretty soon, like, the stuff he says starts to catch up with me. That's how they get you, are you? You want the smoothie recipe, but you can't, you can't, not, you can't get it without the ride of it there. <laughs> Sorry. I love yeah. it. It's all yeah. fun it's and like fun. I know myself into. Yeah. I start feeling better. You know, I notice a difference. Like, when I'm, when I'm eating fresh fruits and vegetables, the digestion clears up, the pain starts to go away, but I was not in a... 
I was not in any sort of mindset of like, I need to go vegan or plant-based or anything. I was just sort of like, I'm going to do this because it's better than being sick. And so when I would inevitably go back and have, you know, cheese pizza, I would just, I would feel the difference almost immediately. And so it just became one of those things was like, well, you know, what Tony Robbins calls uh, emotional leverage that when, uh, the pain of staying the same becomes more than the pain of changing. Then people change. And that was basically it. Like it just became too painful to continue to live the way I was living and cause my this disease that I had. And so that was sort of how – so I sort of transitioned kicking and screaming. And uh, it was like February 1st, 2011 went fully plant-based and kind of just never never looked back. But uh, I would say it took probably like two to three months and uh, just underwent this like a transformation. I mean, yes, my like all the pain cleared up pretty quickly. Uh, the brain fog lifted very dramatically. Um, the fatigue improved tremendously. Uh, there was still a big sleep debt that had to be repaid, you know, like that was not just an instantaneous thing, but um, – you know, it definitely got better. And then the digestion got you know so much better. But then I started to notice all these other side effects where it was like I had all this energy. And so I was like getting like it was sort of like, let's see what my body can do now. So I started, you know, running half marathons, running tough mutters, getting into all this fitness stuff. And uh, like I had all these unexpected positive side effects. The other thing was with the mental clarity, like I got to the point where like I would be done my work day at three in the afternoon or so. And then it would just become like, okay, what problem does the company have that I want to solve? Like that, that's what I would just be like, okay, well, we fix this system, we do this and, you know, things will be more efficient. So I'm making things more efficient. And then it's like, I'm cutting down. Now I'm done the day at like two o'clock and I'm just sitting there like, well, what do I do now? Become the next Tim Ferriss in <laughs> the four-hour work week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 uh, yeah, it totally it changed things. And so, you know, uh, that movie Forks Over Knives came out. And that was like, you know, I had read the China study and what have you. And um, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, there are doctors that do this that just like – put people on plant-based diets and have them heal from all these chronic conditions. Like I was thinking, well, you know, the doctors that treated me had no clue and I had to essentially fire all of them. Like I could have two brain cells and do a better job than they did. So why don't I do this? And it was sort of like, oh, well, I'm 30 years old. Maybe it's too late. (laughs) But anyway, thought it over for a while, talked to some people and ultimately enrolled in chiropractic college. And uh, yeah, that's been, that was uh, five-ish years ago. So here I am. Wow. So now you're a doctor of chiropractics. Yes. Awesome. And so how has that been for you as a plant-based doctor of chiropractics? Can you use your knowledge of plant-based diets to help your patients in some way? Or is it, is it a totally separate area of work for you? Or do you unify them somehow? Oh, I'm trying to unify them. I mean, I would say not everybody's receptive, but I definitely like, um, you know, I get a lot of people that come to me that, you know, they have pain in whatever area 
you know, it's, you know, some of it's from injury, some of it's from repetitive stress and just lifestyle habits that aren't serving them. Um, but, uh, you know, inflammation plays a big role in these. And so, um, you know, uh, like if they can get the inflammation under control with their diet, you know, the generally outcomes are a lot better and they need a lot less care. And, you know, I've, because I'm, you know, involved in the vegan community here in Phoenix, like I get a lot of patients that are vegan too. And generally speaking, like they recover much, fa like they get better much faster, you know? Um, so I've, I've, um, you know, I've also been working on some projects. Um, I made like, uh, a couple of short eBooks. One of the newest one is called the autoimmune recovery blueprint. I just kind of lay out, um, you know, the, the diet and lifestyle tips to, um, you know, that basically that I used everything I've learned over the past eight years of doing this, that, uh, that, you know, show people how to, how to fuel themselves with plant-based nutrition and other lifestyle things like meditation and getting enough sleep and stuff like that. And where can people buy that, Ben? Uh, I will give you a link because I don't remember it off the top of my head, but, uh, it's in the show notes, everyone. Yeah. I'm putting it in the show notes. So click on the show notes. If you're listening to this and you're like, I want Ben's blueprint. Cause I feel all of those tired, sore digestive problems that Ben had. And you'd like to read what his blueprint is. I'll put it in the show notes and you can get all hooked up. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like I can contribute that to it. You know, I don't like obviously I can share that with people who come in the office, but you know, obviously through podcasts and social media, I can share that with anybody who may be interested who can find it. So I think that's one of the you know brilliant things about uh, the internet these days is that you can like really reach a wide audience with this stuff. One thing that I'm fi I find interesting about, well, not there's many things, but one thing that I find interesting when we're talking about sickness, like for you and for a, f a lot of guests on the show, like for me. I was getting, I was an overweight kid, an overweight baby, even an overweight kid. And the signposts that I was unwell were like just climbing until I, until I had my multiple sclerosis diagnosis. So I had all different symptoms along the way. But for you, like you say, and for like, um, Adam Guthrie, other people on the show, um, it's kind of sudden, all of a sudden, um, Tony Boucher, who's on the show, he got chronic fatigue syndrome. All of a sudden, kind of all of a sudden, like they don't really notice that anything's really wrong. There's no real indicator that anything's wrong with your health. I'm like, you were a young man when you got sick. And then all of a sudden, just you come, you get kind of, un, everything kind of falls apart and you're, you know, chronically fatigued, sick, sore, having all these things all at once and I and I think that especially people in their 20s and in late teens we think that we're immortal when we're that age and so we just think you can eat veggie burgers and pizza every day of the week and it's going to be fine until like you it suddenly isn't fine and you're as you said your your hand is forced to make a change because the suffering becomes too unbearable really quick really quite quickly and i think it's good for people to hear that someone you're you know in the late 20s which is for me sounds really young now that i'm in my late 30s 
I think people need to hear that it's not just people in their, you know, 60s, 70s and beyond who are living with chronic diseases or facing chronic diseases. It's people, you know, as young as in their, as young as you were who are getting kind of struck down with and with illnesses that the medical professionals are kind of handballing around hoping that somebody else will deal with it if that makes sense. Oh no, it totally makes sense. And um you know, like you said, you feel like you're you're immortal, and I, I definitely did. And to some degree, you are. Like you're, the younger you are, the more abuse your body can take. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that like you form all these habits, you know, in your childhood and teens and early twenties, and the you know the longer it goes on, the harder it is to make the change. So by the time I was in my late twenties, it was hard to make a change. I mean, be a lot harder for somebody you know older than that, like people in their 60s who are you know getting heart disease and stuff like that it's really hard for them to make a change but um yeah the ironic thing is that like when your body is the most resilient when you're young that's when you you know build all these bad habits that are difficult to change later on mm, for sure for sure and that was definitely true for me I, I i really it was interesting you were talking about slamming energy drinks and i was i always saw how i was just drinking energy drinks after energy drinks and eating bags of lo- like confectionery lollies to get me through university because I was studying all through my 20s and working and I smoked and so I literally ate lollies and cans of drink just to <laughs> get me that that high that energy high because I felt like so similar to you where I felt like I was just carrying around a bag of anvils with me in my brain and on my body for the first 15 years of my life or well, the la- not first the after I turned 15, from there until I turned 28. So, um, yeah, when you said that, I was just thinking it's so funny how I never really associated those energy drinks with that I needed the energy. I just associated with having bad food habits, but I was exhausted. So I was smoking and eating lollies just to give me that energy to get me through those late nights of studying and writing essays and all those things. Yeah, and so the word energy drink is almost a misnomer. It doesn't really – if it gave you energy, then – it would be great, but it's a, it's a stimulation drink. It shocks your your nervous system into producing adrenaline by essentially poisoning it. <laughs> so it's not really a, it's a sustainable uh, solution. I, it's a it's a good point to make because you do think that it is an energy drink. It is marketed as energy, but like you say, you know that energy is like a spike of poisoning yourself, and then it drops, and then you need the next hit, and the next hit, and the next hit, whilst also continually damaging yourself in the long run trying to maintain that yeah and so how is life now what would you eat in a day how are things now for you sure so um things are great i mean i haven't had symptoms in years um so uh, typically eating primarily raw and fruit based so i'll do some kind of uh you know high water fruit for breakfast right now in this hemisphere it's winter so like this morning I had, you know, a bowl of tangerines, but maybe it's grapes or maybe it's pomegranates, some sort of winter fruit. Um, and then uh, for lunch, it's typically denser fruit. Um, right now, persimmons or bananas, uh, usually in a smoothie form. And then dinner is, you know, always green salad and either some fruit or like, a uh, starchy vegetable or, you know, a grain or a potato or something like sweet potato, r- you know, russet potatoes, rice, something like beans, something simple like that. 
And so most of my meals are one to three ingredients. Keep it really simple. My digestion really likes simplicity. Overall, I find for my health, it's like the fewer ingredients I eat in a meal, it's better. Everything goes. And um, yeah, just whole plant foods pretty much, mostly fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, shop mostly in the produce section and the bulk bins. Um, I really, it's like pretty simple and straightforward. People always want to know the secret and the hack. It's like, it's very simple plant foods. And so how have your family and friends found this and your work colleagues and all those things? Like, has it been hard for them socializing and interacting? Like, has that been difficult? You know, it's definitely, uh, it was in the beginning for sure. Uh, you know, as time has gone on and I've been doing this for almost eight years, it's, it's sort of become like, well, that's just what Ben does, you know? But in the beginning, it was like, whoa, why do you have all these bananas in your – like I walked by your house and there are bananas in the windowsill. Like what's going on? <laughs> uh, people at work would be like, what's that green stuff you're drinking? Um, you know, there was a lot of – the family was like, what are you doing with this stuff? Like what's going on? Yeah, what are we going to make you? It's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like I'll just make my own food. But no, you know, the family wants to make you food. It's like – don't make me anything. Like I'd rather just make my own food. Um, and so in chiropractic school, my radiology professor called me fruit boy. You know, he had a stroke in class. Oh, it was not pretty. No. Um, so now it's just sort of accepted. That's like, that's just what Ben does. And, um, you know, uh, like you do it long enough and you're secure in it. Like people just understand and you know, now it's like I talk about it a lot as far as like, you know, how it, oh, the health benefits and, you know, the ability to reverse disease and stuff like that. And I just, I just found that like the longer I do it, the more congruent I am with it, the less of a big deal it becomes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I know at the start for me it was huge. Socially it was the hardest and I think for most guests that come on the show socially it is the hardest. But after a while, it became, uh, just yesterday I was speaking to someone that, and then they said, do you still crave dairy? And I said, I completely I understand her because she hasn't given up dairy. And I remember it wasn't so much cheese. It was more for me it was cakes that had dairy in it that I really liked and ice cream and, um, and cheesecake. And I remember that, thinking I can't live without those foods. But now they don't. They're not food to me. So when she was talking yesterday, I said, you know, after all these years, and for me it's been, yeah, t well, 10 years whole food plant-based with uh, four years before that where I was trying it and failing it and trying it and failing it. And now I just don't see dairy as food, but it's, it's, but it's a, it's a lot, it was a long journey for me to decide that those foods weren't, weren't foods for my body. And now I don't miss them or crave them or think of them. They, they're as edible to me as someone said, eat these curtains, you know, like I just wouldn't eat. I just wouldn't eat curtains. <laughs> I just don't eat cheese. <laughs> it's not food. <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at curtains when I said <laughs> I just don't think of it. But it takes a long time. And for people, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a long – I love dairy. Still, you know, it, it, it took a long time for me. And, like, for, for Ben – it was was it wasn't even a year. You did it in three months, so you're pretty incredible. But not everyone can do it so quickly. Yeah, um, and you know everybody has struggles with it. You know, definitely had some. You know, during that time, had some epic binges on some awful food. Um, 
but I would just say to people like understand that your taste buds and will change. Like people can't imagine not having a desire to eat, you know, a lot of the foods that they eat. Like how could I ever go without Oreos or whatever it is that they crave? It's like, there's all these foods you haven't ever even tried, you know, and you do it long enough, you, you become acclimated to it and you just, you enjoy what you do and you don't, have that burning desire to go off the path and like somebody offers it to you, it just doesn't even seem appealing. So just know that like that will change eventually. And in the meantime, like be kind to yourself and don't beat yourself up if you, you know, can't stick to it. Like everybody makes mistakes and you know, you just get back up after every time you fall down and eventually you're not falling down anymore. It's so true. And, and the thing is I still, and I'm sorry if I mentioned this, but I'm still, you know, I'm nearly 14 years into learning about it and 10 years committed to this way of eating. But you still, there's sometimes where I eat higher rates of fats than what I want to eat because I'm premenstrual or something's happening or I get invited to a party. And I feel, and I still think, oh gosh, you know, I wish I didn't eat that second piece of whatever it is. It's vegan, but it's just too heavy for me and I don't feel as good or it's too complicated. And like Ben says, after a while you start thinking, I know if I eat a salad, I'm going to feel awesome. But if I eat a vegan, complicated meal, like a Christmas vegan meal, I'm going to feel still better than when I ate a meat, dairy, egg Christmas. But I still feel heavier and not as good as when I eat just a smoothie with a banana, some kale and an orange or a peach or a mango in there. You know, you it's just you, – you just – it's a, what's the saying? It's like, it's a slow process of evol- evolutionary process where you start to really start to pull apart what makes you feel better, what makes you feel worse, what foods make you feel cleaner and lighter and just, yeah. But I, I still fall over and end up eating two pieces of vegan brownie and thinking, gosh, I don't feel as good as what I did yesterday when I just had smoothies and salads all day. Yeah, and uh, you, you get to a point where also you don't, feel as much guilt or shame about it. You're like, okay, well, made a mistake, moving on. You know, it's, a, the, it's just, you slough it off a lot faster as opposed to like, you know, going through this mental anguish of beating yourself up yeah, about it. Yeah, it's really, and that's a really important part of it. I think most people do beat themselves up about it. And I think that that, that keeps people feeling feeling stuck and, and, and looking for other magical solutions to their problems for a longer time. Like, should I just go gluten-free? Or everyone else is talking about sugar, quitting sugar and just going sugar-free or should I go paleo or should I go keto? And you just just keep forgiving yourself and going forward with a whole food plant-based diet and you'll be <laughs> – don't get yourself too confused. Yeah, totally. So, Ben, what would be – well, I'm going to ask a new question that I've never asked before, but I figured that you might have some good answers people might be interested in. I know that obviously there's the Karin Ninja podcast and we've talked about forks over knives and we've talked about the life regenerator. We've talked about the China study. But what are some resources that you found really helpful when you were first starting out? Let's see. That's a good question. You know, I've read a heck of a lot of books over the years. Um, I think Doug Graham's 801010 Diet book was really good really explained a lot of the science behind like you know why fruits and vegetables are optimum for humans and why you know animal foods are so detrimental and uh you know really simplified and clarified the science funny enough he wrote that book 
it was edited by a friend of mine who I later met years after she'd edited it. And she was a professional editor, uh, Lori Masters, and she just did an excellent job of making the science in that book extremely cohesive. Um, another book I really liked a lot was called Whole, uh, also by T. Colin Campbell, author of The China Study. Really explained, really explained like why nutrition science in general is so backwards and why some pharmaceutical medicine is largely backwards and that the way that they're even trying to figure things out in this reductionist mindset, like they're never going to arrive at the answer because they don't look at the big picture. Um, and so that really opened my eyes to the like, okay, wow, we're doing science in such a way that it's never going to yield us any beneficial answers. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with scientists or the scientific method, but like the way that we're doing it in research institutions, like it, it we're just going down an infinite rabbit hole that we're never going to get an answer from. So that book is really enlightening. Um, other resources, I would say those two, 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 my top two. I really two. like those resources too. I read 80, 10, 10 years ago. And I'm not, I, I, I read it so long ago, I couldn't tell you anything much about it. But I remember him talking about our digestive tracts and our, our hands and our teeth. Just really simple things about why we're, he believes we're designed to be frugivores or, you know, fruitarians. And I found that really f- obvious and fascinating. I'm not saying that I, st- I still – it was very interesting and I hadn't ever thought about it like that. So if you happen to be on Amazon looking for a book to read, 801010, I think it's a good book to read. It's not – I don't personally because it's freezing where I live half the time. I find eating raw all the time difficult, but I do try to eat two meals a day raw as much as possible, like a bit like Ben. But it's a good book to read. I found it really great. And I'm, I'm holes on my bedside table almost all the time because I will end eat to live because they're just great. They're just great resources to flick through. <laughs> so what would be your three biggest tips for anyone that's listening who wants to adopt this way of eating? Sure. So tip number one is to think in terms of inclusion instead of exclusion. So a lot of people, when they hear the word vegan, they think, okay, well, that means that I can't eat dairy and I can't eat meat and I can't eat, you know, these certain gelatin. And they think of all the things that they can't eat. Um, But the reality is that there's 80,000 edible plants on planet Earth. So there's all these things that they can eat that they haven't tried yet. So focus on introducing new whole plant foods and just cramming as many of those as possible and eventually you crowd out the other stuff. Um, If you're always thinking in terms of what you can't do, you're going to be in this lack mentality and you're always going to feel deprived and and you really want to have an abundance mentality about it and the way to do that is just include, include, include and other stuff slips in there from time to time like no big deal. Over time, eventually you'll have included to the point where that's all you eat. And it's no problem. That's a great tip. Good um, so tip. that's tip number one. Think, yeah. Uh, tip number two is, um, I guess, just go easy on yourself. Like you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. You probably can't top some of the like horrible binges and stuff I did to myself in the early days. And I'm sure you have your own stories with that too. So just know that that that's going to happen. We've all done it. Nobody's perfect. And uh, if you make a mistake, dust yourself off and keep going no matter how many times. You may make the same mistake 20, 30 times before you learn the lesson. And that's okay. Everybody else happened to everybody else. Um, Third tip, uh, I would say just 
find like-minded people um, both online and in person. So obviously, Corinne, you have a great podcast here. People, you know, lots of resources. People can go back and read the, you know, listen to the other episodes. Um, You know, some of the people we talked about, uh, Dan McDonald, the Life Regenerator, T. Colin Campbell, uh, Doug Graham, author of the 81010. I mean, find people in the plant-based movement on social media that you resonate with. You like like what they have to say. You identify with them because there's a whole, you know, uh, continuum of different types of people, you know. Um, find the people you resonate with. And then, so that, that provides continuous information, um, continuous inspiration, but also find people in real life. Yes, real life, not just on the internet who, uh, who are into a similar thing. And so, um, that may be like meetup, you know, you may find that through meetup groups or through Facebook or, you know, you may find plant-based, you know, or vegan, uh, potlucks in your area, and if there aren't any of those, then guess what? There are plenty of people like you looking for it, and now it's your job to start one. And you will be amazed that when you just put it out there, how many people will actually just show up. So, um, yeah, real life's important. Have friends you know, that are doing this too. It will be a lot easier than doing it on your own in seclusion, just watching people you're fans of on the internet. Absolutely. I love that one. I, I met up some, some strangers yesterday, a whole group of us, uh, talking about plant-based food, and it's just so nice to actually meet people face-to-face and not be the odd the odd person out. So it's really, I think it's really, really important, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of that in 2019. Awesome. Hosting your own potlucks is a really good idea, I think, in meetup groups for people. I think a lot of people that have come on this show have all started their own potlucks in their area, plant-based potlucks, and it's just nice way of trying new foods, trying getting new ideas, getting tips, and feeling yeah, feeling less isolated because it can be it can be isolating. Definitely. For sure. Well, oh, one last thing is, can people follow you on social media, Ben? Or do you have a website or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's just my name, Dr. Benjamin Benulis, on you know Facebook. Instagram and YouTube, those are probably the three platforms I really use. Um, and uh, probably, you know, post, try to post new videos on YouTube every week. Instagram, I'm on there, you know, a few times a week. Facebook, here and there. So, um, yeah, that's any, any or all those platforms is good. And your YouTube got recipes or what, what, what's, what's the type of content on your YouTube channel? I don't do a lot of recipes. I will do like what I eat in a day. Um, I will do like cover a lot of like topics in the news as for like how they relate to a plant-based diet and stuff like that. Um, have some workout videos to interview some interesting people here and there. Um, stuff like that. Uh, really not, really not recipes other than like I'll do what I eat in a day videos, which are. I guess those are recipe, but like I said, I eat pretty simple meals. So if you're looking for really simple recipes, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's That's on there. Perfect. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting and sharing your story. I think there's so many people out there who have symptoms like they're really tired, they're really, you know, they're struggling with chronic pain, they've got terrible digestive issues, and I know all of them will resonate with your story and get some hope from hearing it that they too can feel a heap better like you have and transform their whole life like you had and get into fitness and get in maybe even change i love when people come on the show and they literally change their whole career because 
it just takes them on this wild ride. It's fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. If you didn't have time to take down Ben's social media handles, you can find him at Dr. Benjamin Benulis, and that's B-E-N-U-L-I-S, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And he has just released, maybe message him on Facebook, his autoimmune recovery blueprint as, I think, a PDF. So you can get all of his tips from his eight years, whole food, plant-based, mostly fruitarian, which I will add the link in the show notes. So if you click on the show notes, you should be able to get that and get access to his blueprint, which will be amazing. So thank you, Ben, for that. And... I will see you all next episode. Oh, and also all of the links to the China Study Forks Over Knives, Dr. Graham's 801010 book, everything else is over on the show notes as well if you want to check those out. Uh, if you want some more support for adopting a whole food plant-based diet, you can always follow me on social media at Corinne Nidja on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and you can join my plant-based and thriving and the ends, the symbol end over on Facebook where I share recipes, information, videos, all that kind of stuff over there. If you want to join that Facebook group, you are welcome to. I'd love to have you there and we can chat. You can message me or whatever if you want any pointers and us, you know, I post about cooking classes I might be holding in 2019 or workshops talks, more updates about the book that's coming out in 2019, fingers crossed, and heaps more. So yeah, if you'd like to join, that's where all that information is over at Plant Based and Thriving, my Facebook group. And I will see you all next episode. See you. Bye.